You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica, episode 62. I'm Jessica Pearson, certified life coach. And I'm Beth Barnett Babel, integrative nutrition therapist. Okay, so today is a special episode. First, because Beth is in Japan. This is her first episode to record from Japan. So hi, Beth, from hi. from yesterday. You're living in the future. And if you see the video, you see the thing, the international thing of I live somewhere else, the mini split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we also have our very super special guest, Katie Storino, entrepreneur, self-made beauty mogul, author, podcaster, body acceptance advocate. You might know her from Instagram or be familiar with her beauty brand, Mega Babe. Please welcome Katie Storino. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, everyone. Hello. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. I know you and Beth want to catch up on Japan before we get started. (laughs) Well, I just need to know if you have been to the 7-Elevens yet in Tokyo. Um, yes, multiple times. It was the very first thing. We dropped our stuff off. And then the first thing that we needed to get put into our body came from the 7-Eleven because the 7-Eleven is no joke. If I had to wait five minutes to walk in the door, it's only because I have to wait for the light to cross the street. Wow. But it is like, if I didn't, it would be one and a half minutes, maybe two minutes tops. And so I had to try the egg salad sandwich first thing. And I was very excited that I was hungry when I got here so I could have it. And I have since had that other iteration where it's the chicken garage with karanje, sorry, however you say that, with egg salad. (laughs) The fried chicken uh, thigh cutlet with the egg salad. And Yum. yeah, we've all had it. And we like literally have to tell our daughter, today you cannot go to 7-Eleven. We have food in our house that we have to eat. Please stop going to 7-Eleven. Because, you know, she has her own Suica card on her phone. And, you know, she can just go to the 7-Eleven and use it. Card. Um, so when you were here, did you ride the train? No. You didn't? Oh, okay. So it's the this region's like a train card, but all their train cards are also tied to like money cards. And so you can do like low level transactions. And so it gets you all like you, I can buy stuff like at 7-Eleven grocery stores, ramen if I want to, and then get on the train. It's the best. Yeah. Why does Japan get the deluxe 7-Eleven? Ours doesn't even sell vegetables. It is. Well, I have a banana if you're lucky. It's amazing. The soy-soaked egg, uh, onigiri, it's like everyone in our family just goes with explosion every time we eat it. So good. I can't believe that. And we're out here with, like, hot dogs rotating. I know. And they have those beautiful, like rice with seaweed sandwiches yes the onigiri yes they do have things that are in their hot thing but it's like the little pork cutlets and it's pork steam buns and things like that and if you buy something cold like a a bowl they'll ask if you want to heat it up do you remember that did you ever do that i was i was buying mostly cold things because i i've never been hotter in my life oh yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you came out of it even hotter than it is now, and I'm yeah. dying. Yeah. Oh, my. is it still hot? Yes. 
not to talk about the weather, but like, Still, I, I just it applies to fashion because I don't know about you, but when when you were here in the summer, is that the women here still wear very fashionable things that cover a lot of their body, and it mm-hmm. is like I am dripping in sweat, just like you know, existing on the, the sidewalk. commitment to chicness. The real. The cooling clothing also is something that obviously I think is going to come here. The cooling collars, the fans. Yes. But I only see the older ladies wearing the cooling collars, but everybody's got the little fan, which, you know, is great. And those are only like $7. So it's pretty good. And they last for a really long time. We had to get Ming one day one, or she wasn't going to make it through here at Jico, like that little shopping alley thing. So yes, we did that, and but I'm just so impressed. They're walking around with their long skirts and fancy tops and all this, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Where's the sweat? I don't see the sweat. Mm-hmm. Like, do, yeah. do you just stop sweating at some Maybe. point? I don't know. But it's amazing. <laughs> they look amazing. Is the heat different than Texas heat? Yes, because the humidity here is something I haven't experienced from, since yeah. I went to Houston. And I'm like, oh, this is, yeah, mm, yeah right. it's all coming back to me. It's right. terrible. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the gist. And yeah. I love how the sneaker culture with the dresses, though, like that is pretty yeah. dope. I love that. Yeah. Yes. that's That was my first time doing, buying those Nikes. I bought those, just the regular Nike Jordans. Did you- I just also watched the Jordan movie and was feeling really inspired. Yeah. But Katie, you've been rocking sneakers with dresses for a while. Like you are not a okay. heels girly. No, and- no, no, no. Yeah. I'm in the, but it I'm is in- very specific, the Jordans. Or yeah. here it's new. It's either Jordans or New Balances and those are the top two. And then after that, there's like trickle of like everything else. Yeah. 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 No, I'm a sneakers and dress girl. I don't, I stopped being okay, being uncomfortable, like probably when I was like 29. Yeah. That's about when I it hits. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you like, can do, I think you could do like maybe 10, you got like a solid decade of just like going out in January without a jacket and like you're just, you can do whatever you want. Oh my God. So yeah. now it's, Comfort is top priority. We keep our eyes peeled for things in the media or in real life that come from diet culture or that perpetuate diet culture in some way. These are often the subtle ways that it creeps in, which is why we are shining a light on it and sharing it with you. Okay. So this week, thanks to another friend, listener, and graduated client she had sent me some stuff and so then I got onto an algorithm of new diet ads so I don't know Katie what kind of like ads you get for ridiculous things but I saw this ad and it was promoting somatic workouts for weight loss so it showed this woman at first it immediately highlighted her body where she's like doing the thumb in the pants and showing that there's like inches between her shorts and her waist and then she's like you just do these moves where you stretch your hips, you know, and it releases your emotions and just the fat melts away. And I was like, yeah, if you can't lose weight, you know, look to your emotions, basically. She was just doing like hip opening, like basically yoga poses, you know, that people have been doing for centuries. Has somatic become a like hit term? Is this a trend now? It feels like it, at least on my feed. I see a lot of things about somatic therapy 
And yeah, it's, I mean, right cause, I, don't, I don't know what somatic means. So in your body. So the things like you store them in your body. So if you've ever heard of like Peter Levine talk about like the trauma that's stored in our body and those sensations that we have. And so then if you can do things to like move the energy and the trauma out of your body, then you're not storing it anymore. So like the hips, especially the psoas area is like a, a place where a lot of people store crappy emotions. Yeah. And they just, or like, or like in- on the really basic level, I started somatic therapy when I was 29, 30 and simple things of like keep having your feet grounded onto the floor or if you're feeling angry, like punching a pillow, you know, like getting the physical energy of anger and letting it go through your body is a somatic experiencing mm-hmm. way to process that emotion instead of talking about it. Right. So a lot of times there's therapy where we sit and we talk about all of our issues, but somatic oftentimes is less talking and more like going into your physical body and identifying sensations and helping move those sensations through your body. Cool. Yeah, that is cool. Now we can do it to lose weight and inches <laughs> off of our body. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, but it's like, why are we attributing this to weight loss? Like, that's a lot of pressure to put on therapy. Can we not just have this? Like, can it is is can we just benefit? not get the feelings out of our body? Yeah, is my mental health not enough? <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, if you guys have been seeing this ad, it's like, yeah, do those exercises. It's great to stretch your hips, like let your feelings out, feel your feelings. All these things are great. But why are we attributing it to losing like six inches off your waist? Like, can, does nothing sell unless you talk about weight loss? Is that? That's what I've decided. That's what I've decided. It's what it was recommended to me when I started Mega Babe. When we finally found a manufacturer who could make our thigh rescue, they said, you should put anti-cellulite properties in there or women won't really buy it. They won't care. Oh, my gosh. So, and I was like, I don't think you know any women. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, you proved them wrong. Yeah. No, I get to walk around every day with, like, pretty women and just be, like, big big mistake. mistake. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, It's amazing. It's so true, though. Like, so everything is like, if you want this to sell, you got to use weight loss. And, you know, that's our own personal struggle. Sometimes it's like, hey, come work with us. And it's like, we don't really want to talk about weight loss that much because it's like that is not the whole picture. Like, that is not necessarily the point. Um, And everyone's like, it'd be just so much easier if you just did that. (laughs) I totally agree with you. And I think what you provide is freedom in the form of eliminating or starting to deal with food noise, at least for me. And I think that that is the most valuable thing that you can be quote unquote selling and something that is totally undervalued by people because we don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, so it's like advanced mentally. We're out here still, people are still doing like a skinny arm. I like arm pop on the red carpet. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're not, it's like, we're, it's like we're almost there as a people, but it's hard. Yeah. Actually, I think that was like one of the best questions talking about just the general progress of like the messaging on social media that you've seen. So I am curious, like how body positivity has changed from your perspective in the world of social media from when you started, because I remember when you did have 12 style before you changed it to your name brand. And so, cause you've been in this market and you know, in the Insta who's for a long time. So I'm just like, 
<laughs> so I'm just curious what your progression has been and like, you know, do you see a sense of like what is to come? I do. So I I do. So I so when when it's almost like talking about what you guys are doing and by the way, you Jess, you've never said anything about like freedom or like this is all just my own interpretation of your work with me. And I think that it's similar to the fact that like I stepped into this space knowing that I was tired of hating my body, that women who were super in shape and much smaller than I was hated their body too. And I was like, what's the point if you hate your body and I'm supposed to be like trying to get to your size, but you don't even like it. Like, what's our point here? So I decided that I was going to like get into this body positive movement, but I didn't really know what body positivity meant. And, and I don't think a lot of people still know what that means. I think people think it's a euphemism for being fat. That's like one thing or like, People think that it's like celebrating every little like curve on your body or wrinkle or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I guess that at the end of the day, like after after being called a body positive person for so long, I was like, I don't think this is what I am. Mm -hmm. And I shifted. And I think I think people in general have shifted towards like body acceptance or body neutrality and kind of ending the conversation the funny thing is the conversation is louder than ever about bodies. It's just a different conversation right now. It feels like a tug of war. It, and God, it does. It feels like yeah. there's a lot of ex the extremes of like, I don't know, because of my algorithms see a lot of things that are related to the extreme side of fitness for some reason. Because I sure. follow this one account and it got me really far i'm like i just want to learn about knees over toes like how did i get into like the gym weightlifting posing videos but yeah. here i am so there's like the, all of that like the all the males and females getting really strong and like b perfect bodies muscularly and then i see the other extreme which is um, i'm gonna love every little inch no matter yeah. the size and what have you and then there's a whole, and then there's like a big group of people that hate all this over here and then there's a big group of people that hate all this over here and mm -hmm. it's it feels like politics yes yeah i totally agree i am i'm fortunate enough to miss a lot of that action i don't know why the algorithm doesn't send me Maybe I'm not looking as much. I don't know what I'm doing right, but I really like I'm in my dorms having positive conversations. I'm in my comments having positive conversations. Mm. The only time things get wonky is when something I do gets picked up and sent to a corner of the Internet that I don't know a news site, like an international story, something like that. Then I see what's happening in humanity and I'm like, I whispered, holy shit. But yes, that is like, that is <laughs> yeah. how I, I feel. Cause I'm like, people yeah. are, they're like, you should die. Like, you're like the reason yeah. that this country is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you're a trans man. Like, it's, oh my God. it's everything gets like jumbled and like thrown at you, which is horrible. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that kind of brings up a question that I have about just like your willingness to be seen. And your willingness to go through this, because I have clients that don't even want to go for a walk around the block because they're afraid what the neighbors are going to think that they're walking around the block. Like, 
oh, who does she think she is going for a walk when she should be inside? You know, so how like how, you know, when you just think about and I mean, I'm laughing and I'm not laughing at them. I'm just laughing at like our brain's absurdity of like we're so fearful of being seen, but you're just on this whole other level of being seen and being willing to have this like hatred spewed at you where it's actually happening to you. Right. Yeah. So like, how do you get through that? How do you keep showing up? Well, I think that's about your client. It's really interesting because she's not wrong to have that fear. Like I see things and hear things and have experienced things all the time where you're just out, you're out and someone feels the need to, pull over, roll down the window and call you fat ass. Like it's that stuff happens. Unfortunately, a lot, not necessarily to me out on the streets, but like you, it becomes ingrained in your body with that somatic stuff. Like you're carrying with you all the time. So that when you have to squeeze by a table in a restaurant or sit in an airplane seat, that's small. You're bringing all that with you. Because you're like, well, someone's going to say something to me. Someone's going to say something to me. And so you're like, so I can understand why someone wouldn't want their neighbors to see them walking because they're right to have those fears. How do I keep it going? Because way more than the comments I receive from like strange men usually or bots, I don't know. I have like a couple of those a month or whatever. But every single day I hear from women who tell me that I've helped them wear something they were scared to wear, try something they, they haven't done, address a body image conversation with a family member. Every day I hear those things multiple times a day. And so that's really what I draw my energy from. I don't let it get squashed by the demon beasts out on the internet. Like I take it from my community and real people who are talking to me about their own journey. And I draw power from that. Long answer, but that is, that's it. No, you're just focusing on what's working for you and the good that you're bringing into the world and, you know, ignore the haters. I mean, somebody once told me they're like, anyone that's hating on you is usually not doing better than you. No, you don't (laughs) hate people who are like not doing. I know. So it's like, why do I care what they think if they're going to hate on me? (laughs) Yes. Well, who even are these people is the other thing. I don't know. I mean, the Internet is so scary. I just saw a post at like People magazine, which I used to like read all the time in my 20s. And I really should unfollow them on Instagram. But but they just posted something like yesterday. I was like, uh, who is it? Kelly Osborne. Like the headline was like. Yep. She went a little too far with her postpartum weight loss. And I'm like, why that. is this the post? But if you look in the comments, right, there's always like the vibe check of like what's going on here. And like, yeah. it's always both extremes. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And intense. yeah, Kelly has been vilified for in her party days. She was larger than she is now. So she was yeah. dragged through the mud for being the size that she was. And now she's their size that they want her to be. And now she's being dragged through the mud for that too. And it's like, can you just let people be no. whatever size they're going to be? Yeah. Whatever's going on in their life right now. Like, just stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. Yep. So I guess what's interesting when you talked about the fears of judgment from others and how real that is and how it is traumatizing. And there's a constant anxiety of like, where's it going to come from next? Mm-hmm. There's also the part where we're doing it to ourselves, right? At what point are we like believing what everyone else says 
And then now we're turning it around and now there's this like unhelpful shame narrative that I'm creating in my own mind on top of what else could be out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And like, how do we deal with that? Because it is unhelpful and it's actually not necessary, but it's because it's just so repetitive and it's become part of this programming that we start to believe like they are right. I should not be outside walking. I should not be wearing these shorts. I should not be doing, you know, whatever this is. I think it's a good question where those words are coming from at some point and if they're if the call is coming from the inside. Yeah. What is that <laughs> line from screen? The screen. Line. Yeah. <laughs> the call's <laughs> coming from inside the house. Well, yes. Yeah. So I am just saying that you are so helpful with me about the shame stuff because shame can pop up for anyone anywhere. And the things that I preach are acknowledging it noticing it picking it apart let's look at it in the mirror and I feel like you are so helpful with me about that because even I will come in with like a shame narrative and you're like who is this helping and I'm like no one and I'm doing it so Mm -hmm. it's like realizing that it's you is really powerful And, and because then when it comes from the outside you don't have to carry it with you I feel like if you're not perpetuating it it doesn't come with you as much. It doesn't sit with you. You talked about that a lot in your book. Like you could just get to be like, nope. And yep. just being able yeah. to do that. You're saying that like you can do all this work on yourself and, and have a lot of self-love and, and get going. But it doesn't mean that it just magically disappears and every day is sunshine and rainbows. It's really important for people to realize that you just don't spend as much time doing it. But your brain is still your brain. It yeah. does weird things for yeah. why we are stuck in this part of evolution. I don't know. Hopefully we all make it. <laughs> it's like, you know, like we still, you still have these thoughts inside your head. Yeah. Yes. It's the time. It's, it's the time that you spend doing the bad thing. So I, for the most part, quite honestly, don't have many shame moments. But if I have one, it's a moment it's not a day. I'm not canceling my night. I'm not like, I'm not returning the clothes I bought. Like it doesn't go to the extremes that it used to go to. It's more like me being in the mirror and be like, like Jess, you said body checking, like suddenly you find yourself doing something like that in the mirror and you're like, wait, what am I doing? Like, nope, get out of here and like move on. So it's like checking yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the body checking thing also came to mind because I feel like hormonally through the month, right? You can look in the mirror and it's like the same body as it was yesterday. But when you have a hormonal shift, it's like today I hate my body and tomorrow I think I'm super sexy because I have this boost of estrogen. And it's like I I am in the same body. And that's to me where it kind of like triggered like, whoa, girl, like just chill, you know, because like if you're having a bad day, it's probably just like help yourself accept it and just know that it's going to pass. And- um the same body. It's I'm getting my period in three days. So I'm oh, like oh, PMS. Like I, I still don't understand if I'm in perimenopause. I'm not sure how to find that out. Like I got you know some, what I mean? I got some info for you I can share. <laughs> I just I feel like I feel like this time I'm in my like poncho, I'm in my pants. Yeah. And it's okay, but it's like to know like, oh, during this time my brain sends me messages that like in more volume. <laughs> and they feel more real 
And when yeah. I can realize that and just know that about my brain and know that about myself, it's like, hey, yeah, this is just like something that comes to me, but I don't have to believe it. And I don't have to stick with it. I can just like walk away from the mirror, like go for yeah. a walk or like take a nap or whatever it is I need to do just to chill. Yeah, yeah. I think we like how much control we have over our body and our mind, like when we actually put the microscope on it in a good way. Yeah, I think of our brain as like something we can take to the gym, right? It's like all the stuff that's going on in here, like I do have control over this or at least what I want to focus on, right? So the best thing, the way it was described to me was imagining like a news ticker, you know, it's just like Mm -hmm. the bottom of the screen. It's just ongoing thoughts all day long. And like the ones that I don't like, I can just let scroll on by, right? And they just go away. Do you want to follow it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like ESPN, you know, there's constant scores and updates and it's like, I don't really care about any of those teams. So let's just let that all keep on going by. Oh, look, there's the college I went to. And now we just keep going. Yeah, you just pick out that one nugget that you need and just let all of the 6,000 other thoughts just go in in the day. So I have forgotten about this aspect of conversations that people have about other people's bodies and families. And you reminded me of it when I was uh, reading through your book. And it was that whole thing about, especially, I think this happens mostly in families where they will guide the conversation to health. Like, are you sure you're healthy? Because surely you must not be. And that you, they don't believe that you could be healthy in that body. And it just was very fascinating to me and reminded me that we have said a number of times that just because you're a smaller person, it doesn't make you any more healthy under the hood. And you often can be considered in the traditional sense, very skinny and have a high body fat percentage or other metabolic issues or name the thing that goes awry in a body. Like it still is happening regardless of the size So I just wanted to see if there was anything, you know, is that still an ongoing conversation in your family about size and health? Or have you finally been able to be like, get them to be on the kibosh about those topics? My family has gotten this message, mostly because it's my job now. So they (laughs) have to really listen to me. Yeah, they actually they never have to listen to me. They don't really listen to me. I'm the baby of the family. And everyone's like, that's nice. (laughs) But on this topic, I do not have to worry about those conversations anymore in my home when I go see my parents. How long did that take? Was that like a long, like, you know, to keep reminding them? My whole life. I mean, I was always being told to lose weight. Well, once you started to be like, no, this is my side, like you took full acceptance of it and you started really shifting how you feel about yourself, not carrying around all those negative thoughts all day every day you know once you started embracing yourself and be like and pushing back like yes. was that still like a hard road with your family yeah I hadn't pushed back at all I mean I just think that I was always too big like I was it was always kind of on the table like Katie's so big like I like you know she's gonna eat the whole thing I don't know so that had always been on the table my whole life and so Really, this kind of don't talk about my body happened after I had gained a significant amount of weight when I was like 35. And that's when I really had to like draw the line and tell them 
we don't talk about this anymore. And that took years to implement. Five, maybe six. <laughs> You're like, just yesterday. I think I'm literally telling you it just happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah. Okay. I would say five or six years, truly. It's recent, but that it's been let off the table. Yeah. When that was happening, like, how does that impact your relationships? That's what I have to say. My parents will listen to this. My okay. mom will listen. My sister will listen. And they'll be like, well, what the fuck? And so I'm just saying, it's not that it's, I don't blame them because they're just carrying out what they see in the world. They're just mirroring the actions that you see out in the world, which is yeah. someone gains weight. You talk to them. Well, I'm curious, like, because it doesn't sound like the way you presented it in your book that it affected your relationships with them. No. But I know some people won't go home or call right. their family because their body boundaries, their talk about their body boundaries are, are never there yeah and so they still continue to ask questions and make comments and things like that so they just don't have a relationship with their family that's really sad and it's really hard and it's also ultimately the choice of not the individual but the family who's refusing to listen to them like mm -hmm. that's yeah and you can't just shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> right do, so as we're, I feel like the holidays are looming. We're about to go into the, the series of holidays. So are do you we? Have, okay. I'm not ready. I know. Really? I know. Are you sure? Well, we have, we have some Jewish holidays coming up. No, no, we've got Halloween. Ready. We're on the, we're on the like. Yeah. We're like, like on the downward, like Halloween, then Thanksgiving, then all the other, you know, December holidays. So for those people who might be challenged with these boundaries and boundary setting, I don't know. Do you have any like advice going into the holidays? I do. It's a pre-call. It's like a pre-boundary set. And you can do it on Zoom or on the phone or whatever, FaceTime. And you just say, whoever the offending relative is, you're like, hey, brother, like, I'm coming home. One thing I don't want to hear anything about is my body. It's not a topic. It's not anything I'm going to address with you. And if that's a problem for you, I don't need to come home. I want to, but I'm not going to. And then that is quite a hard line that people usually will react poorly to. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm just out here for my, I'm worried about you. And then that di that is followed by, right? That's the health. That's the health question. Mm -hmm. That's followed by you. I'm not sure whoever you are as an individual, what you're doing like with your health or doctors or anything, but that's my line is just to say, I have a doctor and we discuss my health and I'm good. I'm good to talk about that with my doctor. I don't need to talk to you about it. And th and that family member is not going to like that either. Yeah. And it's okay for them to be uncomfortable. Yeah. They're like, I think mad. that's the challenging part, right? Is I don't want to make anyone mad. I mean, honestly, a lot of like emotional eating and stuff comes up with people pleasing, right? Like we don't want to be rude. We don't want to make anyone mad. We're trying to manage other people's emotions yeah. by making ourselves be a certain way, which... Yeah. I've been totally guilty of this, probably most of what my therapy was in my 30s, right? But it's like, oh, it's okay to set a boundary. And if that boundary makes someone upset, it's okay for them to feel upset. And then, like, hopefully they'll get over it or, you know, they get to manage that feeling however they want. Yeah. And I think the willingness to have those tough conversations is is really important, even when it's hard. One way that, like, really opened my eyes to the people-pleasing was, like, this is actually... Like somebody called it, it's manipulation, mm -hmm. right? 
me trying to not let you be mad is me manipulating your life experience. And I was like, what? what? Oh, yeah. But you've told me that. And then I, or I, either we've talked about it. <laughs> and then I think about that with like people. And then I think about it. Oh my God, my kids. Yeah, like, we do because yeah, we all, we're trying to they whine outcomes. all the time, right? And so I'm just like, can you just not whine? You know, I'm just trying to make it through this sightseeing thing. And and I'm like, well, she finds this miserable. I should just let her have her experience. And I was like, but she's ruining everybody else's experience. And I'm like, so it's just like it's like a funny little thing, but it I can see like like where it creeps in and like in ways that you don't intend to at dinners and all these other places, you can see these microaggressions mm-hmm. of the people pleasing on both sides. Yeah. And like people pleasing is microaggression and it can be passive aggressive too. You know, it's like, actually, we're just trying to manage everyone else's feelings. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What if I didn't do that? It means I would upset some people, but that would be okay because I'm allowing them to have their most authentic human experience by not interfering with it. And it's like, yeah. Oh man, that really that blew my brain because I am a people pleaser for sure. It's a, wow. it's a fine line because sometimes you're like, I really don't want to hurt this person's feeling, and me telling them the truth is like potentially it might hurt. I feel like now that I'm just in therapy on this call, I just feel like <laughs> it, it's more that like I like don't want anyone to be mad at me, and it's not about being honest. It's more like. I just want to deal with whatever that is. So I'm just going to ignore it. Yeah. Like I'm just going to make it, I'm going to maneuver things so that no one's mad. That's a lot of effort that you're creating for yourself just to avoid someone else's discomfort. And then like you feel discomfort managing all their discomfort. If we take it back to the holidays and people being home and you take that one next step and people are like, well, I always feel so over full or I don't even like the thing that aunt brings, whatever. But if you don't eat something that everybody brings, then they feel bad. And so even around like eating the traditional family foods and the how much you're expected to eat or how like both too much or too little Like, there's always these, like, constant little things that people are having to worry about to please family members because, God forbid, you don't like somebody's pumpkin pie. Like, come on. Like, let's just not eat the pumpkin pie if you don't like it. Like, stop trying to manage everybody else's feelings just because you don't want to eat pumpkin pie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the the whole holiday season is just about people pleasing, basically, so... (laughs) <laughs> we'll have to talk more about that one which beth was interesting because i think you said in japan they're like it's rude if you don't finish your food so they're like we don't care if you're full like you better fucking eat it <laughs> that's the deal yeah we are learning a phrase that you every once in a while can say it's really good but i'm really full and but yeah some of the places that we choose to go as a family or not is depending on like how much of that food my daughter can eat because she eats a little bit a lot all the time and so she never eats just like a full-size meal and so she just like eats a little bit and then like an hour or two later she would be happily take that but you you can't do to go here and so we're just like okay 
So my husband and son overate this at this hamburger place because they didn't want to leave the hamburger, like a, a half of a hamburger on the but plate. Like, what happened? And I was like, like watching like them a, do is it. Is it like a cultural side eye? Like what? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> yeah, it's a cultural side eye and a feeling of oh god, I'm so sorry. But yeah, I, there's a lot of left. I just bring a lot of leftover rice from Seven Eleven home. Or bento boxes, and we just keep eating it in different other meals. But at home, we would totally just throw that away. So why don't they do to-go? Sorry to be on a sideline about Japan again. I think it's, they don't want to be responsible if you don't take care of, like, packaging it, right? Like, like like refrigerating refrigerating it. it, Yeah. yeah. Like, so it's, like, quality of taste. So then, like, they'll be like, well, it doesn't taste good anymore and they'll they'll think that it's on the the person that made it and then also they don't want to be responsible if you get sick for for doing that but it it has a lot to do with like but it's not packaging because they are down with lots of packaging here so it's not that they don't want to create any more packaging because that's not the issue it's more like this like other thing of like they don't want to be responsible that it tastes bad when you get home or that you've gotten food poisoning oh i'm so dumb i thought it was a hundred percent about packaging because they you know they don't allow guard uh eating in in the streets is like not cool and i always yeah i thought there's no garbages yeah you you deal with that on your own time in your own place (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, No, because, I mean, if you go anywhere, literally everything is in a package and they'll put your package inside of another package inside of your to-go bag. So I don't think it's that. Like, it's package galore. I thought the U.S. used a lot of plastic packaging. Oh, no. No. Wow. I had, I, yeah, I guess you're right. It is. Do recycle the... They do recycle the gotcha gotcha packages, you know, on the vending machines. Have you gone to the gotcha gotcha vending machines? I've been to a vending machine, yes. But they, there's you, so many, so. They drop out the toys or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Gotcha yes, we haven't machine. seen those yet. Okay, they're all over and they do recycle those balls. So I will give Japan some credit for that one thing. Yeah, only the water bottles are recycled here. Number one, and then everything else you put in this bin called your burnable garbage. And so there's a lot of stuff that goes in burnable garbage. And we've um, left some ramen. We've shared some ramen. Ramen is was like really nerve-wracking for me for the first time because I knew she couldn't eat it all. Um, but, yeah, we did it. We, we, hurt, we hurt the neighbor ramen feeling. It's right next to the 7-Eleven. That's also a two-minute walk away. Ramen, 7-Eleven, get to pick. Okay, well, on that note, let's move on to this shameless self-promotion section of our podcast. Katie, what do you have going on that you want to share with our audience now? Oh, we are transitioning into fall, as we've discussed. And I always say that fall is the perfect time to update your deodorant because you're dealing with a little less heat. So I would say for Mega Babe, this is the best time to up. There she is, Green Tea. Oh wow, good job, good job. Nice. It's the best time to switch from deodorant that it has aluminum in it to some natural deodorant from Mega Babe. We make three different formulas. We have a space bar that you use on your armpits every time you shower, and an armpit mask. It's a charcoal bar. Oh yes, that is new. I saw that in my email. Yes, 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 yes. Amazing. Yeah. 
I like the charcoal, but I also have the mask. What's the butt mask called? Oh, Latouche? Yes, Latouche. I love Latouche. Yeah. <laughs> I love it too. Can you put it on your face, Jess? I, I will. I need to. I So somewhere in the last year, maybe after I had a baby, I my skin got sensitive. Oh, it's, like, don't do it. Don't I do used it to be able to put like acid on my face yeah. and just be like, yeah. no big deal. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if it well, wasn't burning, it wasn't working. But now yeah. my skin is like very sensitive, so I have to be a little careful. But I could always just try it and take it off. So I will. And I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. But no. I'm obsessed. I just use bus dust today because I'll go for a walk. I come back sweating. I shower and I'm still sweating. And then I just yeah. powder my entire body. <laughs> so did you, when you came to Japan, were you here to bring the products to Japan? So I was there on a brand trip, but I think Japan would love my product but we don't sell there yet okay because i'm like i need i didn't plan properly for all this humidity so i'm like i i need all of this <laughs> it doesn't to be honest with you like at that at that level no nothing, nothing matters like our, the bus dust it's all just gonna it's gonna get clumpy like it's all okay. just it's too hot it's, it's a different okay, level but that's what i will say about bus dust is i have put it on where i'm still dripping sweat and it didn't clump like, it just absorbed and, like, moved around. And I was like, this, that's why that's I thought amazing. this was amazing because it's so good. That's, um, no, I, I, that's amazing. And I think maybe the, it's the humidity that pushes it over the it. limit. Oh, so, like, the dry dry sweat versus yeah, humidity maybe dry sweat. Those hot-ass Texas temps. But there's something about the humidity. With me, at least, I find that yeah. I'll still put it on. But, like, mm-hmm. it's just, I'm like, it's so hot. Right. It's yeah. So hot. I gotcha. So okay. Sniffing, sniffing the and then I do have a, I know that this is not really a part. <laughs> so in the Latouche, is it glycolic acid? What, what? Cause if you can put it on your face and your tush, is that like what, what's helping? Yep, we have, we have glycolic acid. There's physical exfoliants in there too. Tiny little ones. It's a facial grade butt mask. Okay. I'm just, I've, I'm new to the glycolic acid and I'm like, oh, I've been doing it wrong for quite some time. So that, that makes sense. Okay. That's why I can go tush to face. Yeah. Tush to face. And yeah. obviously, so I like to send clients this book, but if you guys don't have the book, Bonnie Talk, make sure that you order your copy because it's, it is, I think it's, it's just so a fun. fun. It, yeah. Open it up because the pictures are really fun. Thing, but yeah, like, it's just designed real cute. I'm not doing yes. it. I gotta look at it more. Maybe I'm gonna get wallpaper made out of that. It's so cute. It is really cute. It's I mean, a... whoever whoever did like the graphic design and all that nail. I know it. she's really talented. I need to. I think actually I might I might get wallpaper made. I is don't there know is there another book in your future? Yes, um, I'm writing my first fiction book right now. Is it a kids book? <sighs> I wish. No one wants a kid's book from me. No one wants a mystery thriller from me. I am writing a rom-com and Ooh. I'm really excited about that. And I would love to do body talk for kids. Oh my Please. gosh. Yes. But yeah. I can't kids, kids and or teens, right? Because sometimes we I have parents that. or teens well, that need a little support. You know what I think about like uh, your book reminded me so much of my 10, 11 year old self. And it's like that is the time when you need a kid's version of body talk. Yeah. Yeah. Right when you start your period. Yeah. You're starting to, to, yeah. Cause yeah. Yeah. Cause I went through early, 
early puberty and so and full full boobs in fourth fifth grade and there's just a lot of conversation you're just like what's happening and so that body talk book for like a version at 10 11 is like the key time because other than that it's like weird puberty period conversations no one wants to have those is are are people like more chill about periods now like is it like more widely Yes. There's like period so. parties now. Oh, really? Yeah. You can yeah. have like a whole period party now. Or there's brands that make like, kits where it's like a gift box. So like on your first period, you get all the things in a box or like, I don't know. Or you but... keep it in your backpack for because you know it's coming anytime. And so then you're not at school. Like, so you just have one in your backpack and it's like little cute bag so that way when it strikes at school which for whatever reason always does and so then you're in white shorts and yeah so you know what to do at school so you have everything like all prepped and like ready to go okay i'll take that it's happening i feel like we could do a whole podcast just talking about periods and like from from age 10 all the way through potential periods yeah so yeah, if you're not following Katie Strino, go find her on Instagram at Katie Strino. You're also on TikTok, yeah. I'm on TikTok, yep. You're everywhere, yeah. so yep. go find her. All right, well, I sure hope we gave you something new to think about today and helped you take one more step on your path to freeing yourself from diet culture. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at path underscore nutrition. We also have a course that helps you learn how to eat normal. Together, we'll lay the foundation for a healthier you. Go to pathnutrition.com backslash foundations to get started. Bye.